All right, how's it going, everyone? I'm Mark. I'm Ian. And this is the Uncaped Crusaders Review. All right, so we've been changing things up a little bit. We had a bonus episode come out earlier this week where we kind of briefly talked about Hush, uh, just kind of our initial reactions and stuff, um, and talked about a little bit of our movie swap. But, of course, we couldn't go into full detail because we hadn't quite finished all of our movie watching, so that's what this episode's going to be. It's another kind of extra episode. We're not watching a movie today. We are talking about the movies that we've seen recently for Movie Swap, and today it's actually going to be a little longer because we have two movies each that we'll talk about that we have watched over the past few weeks um, mm-hmm. that the other has told us to watch. If, if you're not familiar with our Movie Swap format, it's basically where each of us tells the other to watch a movie that they haven't seen yet, that we think they should they should watch, and then we watch it, and then that's it. It's yeah, the simplest it's thing in the world. I mean, it's great, though, because we, we all have those frames where we're constantly telling them, no, I know you would like this movie. You need to see it. And, you know, they're just like, yeah, 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 I'll get to it. <laughs> so this ensures that they have to watch it. And most of the time, it is usually for the better. You Usually, you're grateful that you finally did. So it kind of gives you a reason to expand your library. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that that's really the goal. The goal is to... Well, the goal is to get just more movies having been watched. That's yeah, nothing wrong with that. That's the that's the goal, ultimate goal. Um, I've always been about that. I mean, I've been very slowly going through the AFI's top 100 movie list. Of course, I haven't watched one of those in like a month now, so it's been very slowly. Especially with now doing this, it just adds <laughs> to more. So I'm constantly giving myself lists of movies to watch, and I just kind of rotate through whatever I kind of feel like watching at the time. Um, we'll talk, I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second. Oh, but, uh, so the two movies or the two movies that each of us are talking about today for me, I have watched inside man and also Leon, the professional. And then Ian has watched a few good men and the sure thing. So we're going to talk about those, each of those four movies, which I'm really looking forward to talking about all of those. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess we can go ahead and get started. We'll start our, our, uh, our first one out of these two groupings was a few good men and inside man. Um, and, uh, do you want to talk about yours first? Or do you want me to talk about mine first? Cause we talked about a little bit off the wow. air mine last time. Yeah, no, I, I can go first. Yeah. So, uh, Mark finally got me to see A Few Good Men, which is like Jeez. one of the films that I mean, pretty much everybody should see. And yes, it, it, it's a movie that I knew all about. I had seen countless scenes, whether you know it being on TV, my dad watching it, you know, and of course the, the famous scenes like you know you can't handle the truth that you you just you know even without seeing the movie. So it was just kind of like one of the scenes, and there's a couple movies on Mark's list where it's like that, where it's like. I already know what the movie's about. I know the spoiler. I know kind of like what happens. And so like, I'm like, you know, I don't know if I just want to sit down and watch a movie that I'm sure I'll like, but again, I kind of know everything that goes on. So the fact that I did finally sit down and watch this movie was, was quite the treat because it's it about is one time, of those, man. Yeah. It, it was long overdue, especially how much I love Aaron Sorkin. Right. His writing and also Rob Reiner's directing. And then of course I cast, but 
Yeah, it, this is one of those movies where it's like Shawshank, where if anyone tries to say it's overrated, they should just be smacked in the face. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some correct answers. Like, there's a reason this is on so many top 100 greatest films, whatever of all time is, is because it is. I mean, but the funny part is like watching it, like it, it's so it almost looks like a TV movie because yeah. like it's not, it's not a big budget. No. It's, I mean, I guess they go to Cuba at one point. Whether or not that actually was Cuba, you know. The budget knows. for this movie was forty million. Wow, that's even higher than I thought it'd be. Yeah, but you, but you also have talent like you know Demi Moore, who was hot, Tom Cruise, right. of course, Jack Nicholson, Kevin Pollock, so Kevin Bacon, so <laughs> yeah, probably Kiefer most of the, Sutherland. Oh God, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and there's a lot like a lot of people who like just started off uh, like Noah, what's his face from uh, ER? He was one like the privates. There's so many like uh, Noah Weil. Yeah, there's so many actors nowadays that you recognize. They're like, oh, you're just playing some, like, you know, private or whatever. But Christ- Christopher Guest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, my God, it, it, I mean, obviously the, the script is the best part. Cause, yeah. I mean, like, really the, the case isn't, like, the biggest, like, game changer. Like, oh, my God, this no. goes to the very top. It's, it's literally, like, two Marines accidentally or maybe, you know, accidentally kill another Marine. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, I love how the movie all. just—I love how the movie just gets like right into it, you know. Yeah, that's it. And like, they don't take forever, like you know, setting up to me more than like twenty minutes later. Oh, here's the case. It's like no, the <laughs> the one marine gets killed first scene. Next scene is to me more. Here's this case everybody's talking about. Oh shit! Yeah, like, right into it. I love it. It's like it's so effective and well, so many movies. The cool yeah. thing about this movie is it's you have all obviously this is like definition of a drama but uh oh yeah and there's so much going on but at the same time it's so simple yeah like it's literally one case and it's how this these one these three lawyers have to go about defending these two marines when there's literally no chance that they can win i mean there is no chance it doesn't matter how much they know, how much they figure out. Like, it does not matter. There is no way to win. It is a 100% lose scenario. And then they find out literally the only way to win. (laughs) Yeah, I I love... And it's amazing. I I love the one scene where, because, like, Tom Cruise, you know, he's got, like, a great little character arc where, you know, he's this hotshot lawyer, but, like, He goes from Tom Cruise to Tom Cruise, but... But yeah, I mean, Tom Cruise, this is the thing. I was talking to my dad uh, while we were watching Inside Man uh, last week, and I'll get to this more ta- when we talk about that coming up next. But to me, Denzel Washington and Tom Cruise are like the same actor. Oh, yeah. They they have only one role. I don't care how much you're a fan of Denzel Washington. Or he plays one character, and there's, oh, there, there's a spectrum on the character, obviously, and he can adapt yeah, yeah. it and morph it into different things, but it's one character. Tom yeah. Cruise plays one character. Yeah. Again, and, and this is, and to me, this is Tom Cruise at his best with his Tom oh. Cruise character. I mean, it is, it's perfect in this movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would put Brad Pitt in that category, too. Oh, where yeah, that's fair, it, too. It's not a detriment saying that no, they play. No, 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 Because, again, like you said, there there are there is some wiggle room, but they always it's always like their same personality, yeah. like, like shines through. It's never like, I don't know. Cause, cause like they can play villains or both like oh, good yeah. guys, whatever. But yeah, it's, you're definitely right. But I love the scene where 
you know, Tom Cruise is like ready to take the plea basically because mm-hmm. that's kind of what he does. Like, you know, he rather like the the good record and actually like I guess like fighting for a case. Yeah, well, that's why they that's why they put him on it. Exactly, and, and and that was the moment I like where he like you know he's like you know what we're actually gonna say like not guilty or whatever, and then they all kind of look at him like you know what came over you is like you know why do you give a case to some guy who's right about to get out of the navy who's known for taking a plea so no one asks any questions it's just mm-hmm. like and so like then you kind of have his like his his inspiration for actually you know putting everything into it but i mean as great as tom cruise is jack nicholson in this movie <laughs> the biggest asshole ever <laughs> it is so good <laughs> okay now i gotta i gotta ask ian oh, because yeah. I mean, you're fully immersed in all this. Obviously, not the Marines, but you're you're fully immersed in 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 the military, and you have been yep. for like seven or eight years. How many people do you know that are that are Jack Nicholson? Uh, I've I've seen a lot. It is, <laughs> and it is, and it, it it totally makes sense that he's a Marine because you have a Marine Colonel like him who's about to get like a giant promotion to I forget what like the some deputy uh, yeah. secretary or something ridiculous and. You know, a guy who literally just thinks he's the hottest thing on earth, and oh my god, like, and everyone just has to walk on eggshells around him, like, yeah. uh, like Kiefer Sutherland is just like an ass kisser, mm-hmm. and like uh, that that first scene, like in his office, is so, and just the fact that all, like all he cares about is being respected, like, oh my god, I can't tell, tell you how many times I've seen that where, like, you know, they'll be all laid back, the like the upper the upper ranker uh, or the higher ranking soldier in the room will be all laid back and so like you become laid back too and they're like oh where's my salute or where's the sir it's like oh god and like (laughs) so but i mean of course it all comes down to the climax between him and tom cruise and oh my god that scene you're just glued it's so good it is so good it has nothing to do with law practice whatsoever none of this is going to be allowed but it doesn't matter because it's awesome yeah, it's it's ba- it's based on a play that Aaron Sorkin wrote. Right. It's not yeah, that's supposed- the other thing. This is actually a play that was also written by Aaron Sorkin and then adapted for the movie by Aaron Sorkin. So it's literally one hundred percent Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, I mean, and and he's great, but like, oh my god, the scene where he just finally gets in the break, and like, because like the little stuff he does, like you know. Jack Nicholson is about to walk away, and Tom Cruise is like, "I haven't dismissed you." Right, and like he just walks back. He's like, "You better call me sir." And then like the <laughs> the judge is like, "You better call me sir." He's like, <laughs> "Oh, you just tell everybody hates him too." Yep. Oh, oh and, and like man, the best is like you know when he gets outed and basically gets arrested, and he just flips out on Tom Cruise, and you see the real him just like completely you know uncomposed, like just oh, it was so wrong. Oh. But the first scene where they where they go to Cuba and they're meeting yeah. him for lunch, and he's like talking about like promoting women so that they can like you know, I don't like I don't know what you would call it, but basically like it's something really demeaning and just awful, like right to demean more. But the but the scene where like Tom Cruise is leaving and he's like, oh, I'll need that manifest or whatever, and he just goes off on him. And he's like, um, I forget what he says. You know what I'm talking about though, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he says, uh, well, when you're talking about the women, he's saying there's nothing hotter than a woman you have to take orders from or a woman yeah. you have to salute. That's the word that he uses. Yeah, and then he goes into more detail, like even more gross. Oh, yes, like, he does, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah it's, and then it's, at the end, but at the end, it's just, yeah, that that's a great that's a great moment when he just throws in there, oh, yeah, and I need the, I think it's the release form or the, uh, the transfer order. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. It is. He's like, 
yeah, I just need to copy the transporter. And his face, he's just like, wait, what? And like uh, he wasn't even being rude too. That, no. it's just that's the great part is that he he's just so offended that like you know Tom Cruise was thinking more about this and oh I need to ask this guy like you know the buck stops here type of thing is like Tom Cruise like just saw him as any other you know commander basically and that's what pissed him off the most and oh uh, he just goes into his little speech and he's like now ask nicely and you're just like <laughs> hey, you, you see you see it click in Tom Cruise where it's like oh God I want to go after this guy so bad. <laughs> Yeah, and I just love his whole like and also this is one of those perfect examples of this is a this is a drama and all this stuff, but it's so funny. Oh yeah. There's so I mean obviously Kevin Pollock is there as the comedic yeah, yeah. uh I, I wouldn't say comedic relief is necessarily no. fair, but that's kind of the role that he's there for cuz he's course. he's hilarious. Oh, he's always hilarious. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, he he's and he's great in this movie and him and Tom Cruise play fantastically like off each other. Like it almost could have been a like a buddy comedy with just how oh, yeah. good they are. If they, yeah. if they, if they wanted it to be, I mean, it has the legs even for that, but I just love the whole, I just love all the scenes with him just playing softball. Everything <laughs> about figured. that is just hilarious. He's just, he's so mad. Like, cause he's coaching the softball team and like the players all stink and he's trying <laughs> to, and so like, there's a couple times where Demi Moore is trying to talk to him about the case and he's more concerned about the, the softball practice going on. And, uh, and that little arc culminates in a great scene between him and Kevin Bacon. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, Now again, Kevin Bacon's a great character in this movie because again, they very, very easily could have just made this full on dramatic drama where they hate each other and it's all this stuff. And to me, I don't, I don't like that. And a lot of times, and they don't. It feels so real because it's the prosecuting guy and the defense guy. And they're both completely trying to prove the other one wrong and, and beat the other one, but they don't really care. Like no, it's, they're, they're, they're buddies. It's like it, kind of a little yeah. competitive thing. I mean, it's just it's literally just their job. Like yeah. Kevin Kevin Bacon, I think, perfectly encapsulates like an an objective prosecuting attorney. Yeah. Like he doesn't care. He's not out to get the Marines or anything. he's just this is his job. He's like this is the case they gave me and it's my job to prove this and get these guys convicted. Yeah, and he's even helping Tom Cruise. Like, right. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna give them like what like six months or whatever. Blah blah yeah. blah. Like yeah, he's like trying to help him. Like hey man, like I don't you don't need to go down for this. Like right. And he even yeah. tells him a couple times there's scenes like that. And then there's yeah. a scene later at a bar where he's like. Don't you can't go after this guy, meaning uh, Jessup or uh, Jack Nicholson's character. He's like, you can't you can't do this like you'll go down for that. And he's trying, you know, trying to help him and all that stuff. And it ends up escalating to where (laughs) where Tom Cruise gets so fed up and he's got nothing to say to him. So he just yells, you're a lousy softball player. (laughs) (laughs) The whole bar is like, what? Uh, That's funny. Uh, That makes me laugh every time. But I mean, I, I like again, like I don't know what I can say about this film that hasn't already been said. Right? Like, uh, it, yeah, it, it's so good, and yeah. uh, the fa- the fact that I haven't watched the whole thing, I'm like kicking myself. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, but that's that's the thing. There's a lot of movies out there, and we no one can have seen all of them. So some no. are gonna some are gonna slip through, and that's why we do this anyway. But yeah. yeah, to me, that's my favorite Tom Cruise movie. I think that's Tom Cruise just at his finest. Or uh, Top Gun. For me, yeah. I oh, mean, okay. th- this is my number one Tom Cruise movie. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, I think my second is I think Top Gun is three for me. I made a list on it on on my letterbox. 
uh, thing. And I think, yeah, I put Few Good Men, Mission Impossible, Top Gun, Last Samurai, Rain Man. Those are my top five Tom Cruise characters. But uh, speaking of characters that play the same type of thing, I think the one film, because I was trying to think of a film where maybe Tom Cruise doesn't play the same character, if there's any. The only two, mm-hmm. There's only two that really came to mind. One of them is Taps, his first movie. I feel like his character, he's not usually a loose cannon crazy person. Um, And so that's kind of what he is in that, and he's great. I mean, that was one of those instances where he was just a character that only had a few lines originally, but then he was just so good that they gave him a bunch more to do in the movie, and then, of course, that sparked him into a huge movie star. Um, The other one is Collateral, the one time he plays a villain, and he's just this cold, calculating, doesn't really talk villain, you know, the hitman, and that's very different, and it's great. Yeah, he's great in that movie. That is, that's a very underrated movie that, everyone, that people forget about for sure. It, it, it's like one of the only few good like Michael Mann movies after the 21st century, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah no, uh, definitely. It's it's the it's my it's only good Jamie Foxx performance for me, really. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen I haven't seen Django yet, and a lot of people oh, like yeah. that. But I'm not a big Jamie Foxx fan, but I think he's really good in that movie. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but anyway, so that was Few Good Men, and then I watched Inside Man, yes. Denzel Washington and uh, Clive Owen. Co- Clive Owen, yeah, that that, yep. yeah, and uh, Clive Owen. That's a movie I I hadn't even heard about until you told me about it. This is not yeah. a movie I'd ever heard of. Yeah, it really came out. Well, I mean, when it first came out, it got great reviews. I remember my dad took us to see it because um, like the reviews were so good. And but yeah, like it didn't get any Oscar buzz, which it, I think it should have because I. You say that's like your favorite Tom Cruise movie. This might be my favorite Denzel Washington movie. Like Denzel mm-hmm. is so I mean he great. Again, he's good in everything, but oh, yeah. I mean he really just shines. I mean this is a great role for him, but but yeah, like it didn't get any Oscar buzz even though I think it should have, but yeah, so it's kind of been forgotten. Yeah, this is uh yeah, this was a this was very enjoyable. I I didn't realize. I mean, I know you you had the way you were pitching it to me is it's, you know, just the best uh, heist or bank heist film or a bank robbery film um, as far as like the plan and everything and I I mean that's hard to argue with how how smart this movie is well but, so you, uh, could, you could actually like see that like working it's like most like you know yeah bank robberies are like okay that's doomed to fail and even if they get away with it you're like no in real life they would be able to find blunt it's like this is like they they kind of covered all the bases I guess yeah pretty much uh and I didn't realize it was all just one heist until I first saw it because it immediately starts with it. And I was like, yeah. oh, I guess this is the whole movie. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, um, I, love the, I love the little opening monologue from Clive Owen. Oh, yeah. Well, I love I love his character in that movie because I love the one scene where, um, like, you know, they're, they're collecting all the bank, uh, all the people's phones. And the one guy who works for a bank is like, oh, I left my phone at home. And so yeah. they have them like separated between like the, the customer's phones and the, and the worker's phones. And he just immediately goes into the worker's phone, so goes through all the the contacts mm-hmm. and finds his phone number. Calls it. Of course, the phone is in the office. Yep. And like, and after he beats up the guy, he's like, "All right, anybody here smarter than me?" <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That is a uh, that, that's a great moment. That's a great oh, yeah. moment for sure. Um. Yeah. This movie was. I mean, so much happens in this movie over that's... such a short period of time. Um, yeah, everyone in this movie is, is fantastic. Obviously, Denzel's great. Cl- Clive Owen is fantastic. Jodie Foster's character's great. Obviously, I love seeing Christopher Plummer in anything, yeah. and uh, I just have a soft spot for him because Dragnet's one of my favorite movies. Um, oh, okay. 
uh, yeah, very little known Dan Aykroyd, Tom Cruise movie, or Tom Hanks movie, which is absolutely fantastic. And anyone that hasn't seen it needs to go see that immediately. Um, oh, that's going to be on my list. <laughs> oh, shoot. You haven't seen that either? No. Ah, oh, crap. I'll put that on the list. <laughs> anyway, uh, William Defoe is in it for like two seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, t- she will uh, tell Four. Yeah, I've never even attempted his name. Um, yeah, he's in it. He's good. Yeah, the just the whole the whole cast is fantastic. Um, the the way it just builds tension and how you really don't know at any point really what's gonna happen. No. The only thing I definitely knew was they weren't gonna kill anybody. That was fairly obvious to me, even when they pretend to kill someone. I was yeah. like, yeah, they definitely didn't kill anybody. I mean, um, I, didn't, I mean, the first time I saw it, Grant, I was pretty young, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, I guess it's not the biggest, yeah, surprise. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's the only thing. I had no idea how anything was going to turn out. I thought the ultimate thing was a little, a little weird as far as how it just, es- like, it goes from this bank thing to then, oh, it was about getting, like, revenge on this guy who worked with the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And then the whole thing is with Clive Owen and then the three other people and one of them is a descendant i guess of the family that or of one of the families that this guy screwed over when he partnered with the nazis well i think it's ambiguous i think like because they mentioned a couple of times like a couple of the bad guys are armenian um right and i know that uh there were plenty of armenians who went to the concentration camp so i think it's Uh kind of implied that not just a rabbi but maybe like all of them are like descendants of Okay. people who, who were victims of the Holocaust. Yeah, that was a little confusing. And oh, then, sure. um, so one of the, another thing I couldn't quite figure out, like, are these guys supposed to be good guys or not? Who? The, uh... the Clive Owen in this group. I can't figure it out because it's like, okay, the whole thing is they're like, yeah, we're robbing banks to get rich. And then it's like, oh, now we're actually going to try and get back on this Nazi guy who's really a bad guy. But they're still going to take these diamonds for themselves at the end. So I can't quite figure out how we're supposed to feel about them. Well, that's it. Like, I don't think they're supposed to be one or the other. Because like, they actually, I think like the rest, really is Clive Owen. I think he kind of is different from the rest of the group. Because if you remember when he gets in the car, they're like, hey, you left the ring. And they're like, there's this giant freaking, you know, ring that's apparently like priceless and stuff right. that everybody like, you know, can, can like trace. And um they're like, you let the ring in there. He's like, no, nah, I left it in good hands. And I think that was applied that, yeah, their original goal is, yeah, just heist the diamonds, get rich, you know, in the process, you know, who cares? But I think Clive Owen, because he's so smart, because he's always talking about, you know, his plan and stuff, he purposely left it in there knowing that Denzel Washington would follow up on it and, you know, okay. out, basically out Christopher Blummer. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, that, that's kind of what I figured, but I couldn't really yeah. figure it out. So that's that, yeah, that's it, fair enough. This is definitely a movie where uh, multiple viewings will, will you'll you'll learn more and more. Yeah, I definitely could see that. Uh, I mean, so much. I had to pause the movie like six times and be like, All oh, right, wow. I have no idea what just happened. I need to listen to that again." <laughs> uh, there were there were many moments like that. It's a very detailed movie. Oh man, it's so meticulous. There's so much happening in yeah. this movie. Like, I definitely agree with you. It, it I, I think it definitely would benefit from from multiple viewings, and I'm definitely gonna watch that again for sure because I I enjoyed it. It was so smart. It was just nice because you just don't see too many smart things happen in movies. Oh. Which is fine. I mean, it's a movie. Uh, yeah. They can get away with stuff. But in this hey, movie, he's... everything that happens, you're like, oh, that was really smart. 
why don't more it, people do that <laughs> yeah and, and again like the people feel real like a few good yeah. men it's like willing to foe like in any other movie he'd be like the antagonist like here's how it works i'm the bad captain mm-hmm. and but it's like no yep. like everybody's like working together but people are different and even the, like all the customers in the bank kind of have their own personalities and stuff yeah. it's yeah, it's really good. And yeah. yeah, it's one of the like the only two Spike Lee movies I actually like because he didn't write it, he just directed it. Right. So okay. It yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and uh the other thing that confused me at first is I could not figure out the whole fake room thing cuz I couldn't figure out when that was built. Of course, yeah. they obviously built it during while all this was going on, but I totally mm-hmm. missed that while the while watching the movie. Um if you watch it again, you'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 definitely. So uh, Ian explained that to me a little bit, and we were talking <laughs> about it last time. And it's like, oh, okay, of course. Why didn't I Why didn't I see that? Um, yeah, so that's brilliant. Just the whole ending is brilliant, how they build a false wall in there, and that's where Clive Owen hides for like a week he before just he just right out. walks out of the bank. And Oh, so good. Yeah, that is, that is, that is great. Um, but as you were saying, Denzel Washington – just great performance. Uh, Denzel Washington, he's one of those guys like we just talked about. Like Tom Cruise, he has just he has this one he has one character and he has just perfected it. Yeah. And it's just it's so good. Obviously he's got different variations of it, but of course. his character and and okay, some of you might be like, What are you talking about? He's the greatest actor ever. It's like, okay, well, he's great at what he does. There's no arguments there. And, but he, but he's the same character in every movie. Uh, and I was trying to think about, I honestly was trying to think of any movie me and my dad were, where he's not the same character. Cause my dad was trying to argue me about it. I was like, tell me one movie where he's not this kind of smart, Alex, smartest person in the thing. Usually a detective, uh, smarter than everyone else. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's just the same. I mean, he's that's what he is in every movie. And then you just maybe add a little bit of drinking in there and you got man on fire. You maybe add, you know, a criminal well, type thing in there and you got training day. You add yep. football coach in there and you got her boon. I mean, it's, you know, or, you know, but it's all the same type of personality. Yeah. And and I it clicked for me while I was watching all his interrogation scenes with all the people. That's yeah. where it clicked. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he does this in every movie. Where he oh, like yeah. does this little fake smile because he knows because he whatever thinks the guy's lying. He's like, huh? And then does this little laugh and then yeah, d- you're, then you're totally tears right. in him. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, he does this in every movie. <laughs> this, again, he does this so well. It's not like a, oh, a yeah. gimmick or anything. No, 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 no. It's great. But it, I, I just no, you're right. that was the moment it clicked where I was like, he has a scene like this in every movie. Mm-hmm. And it was just it was just very funny. It yeah, I know exactly what you're me. talking about. But uh, yeah, but. Yeah, I don't know what else I can say about about the movie, but it was, I very much enjoyed it, and I'm glad. Yeah, I never even heard of it, it, and I'm glad to watch it. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. If you've never seen it before, definitely check it out. It's worth watching. Definitely. Um, all right, so we'll move on to the next set of movies that we did. Um, Ian watched The Sure Thing, and I watched Leon the Professional. Um, so, so Ian, I know you're a big John Cusack fan. Um, you had me watch gross point blank is the very first one. This is one that you had not seen. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what you thought of the, another Rob Reiner film, uh, just as few good men was, uh, that's another thing we forgot to mention. Rob Reiner directing that Rob Reiner, just fantastic, fantastic director. Um, he also directed a sure thing. Uh, definitely one of the lesser-known Rob Reiner movies, which is just a cry and shame, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, no kidding. But I want to know what you thought of The Sure Thing. 
Well, first of all, I was almost ready to kill you once again because I could not find this movie anywhere. <laughs> not even, not even to buy. Like this movie, like, it's not on anything. It's like it's literally like Willow, where you can only get it on DVD. Like that's the only medium you can get it. Really? It's like, yeah, it's not on Vudu. It's not on Amazon. It's not on iTunes. It's not on anything. Um, Is it not? It, did I not have it on my Vudu account? No. Oh, I couldn't remember if I did or not. Yeah, you bastard. I yeah. can't remember. So, but I got lucky. Someone had put the whole movie on YouTube, so okay. I was able See, to watch it. See, I don't know about these things because when I like movies, I have them all on DVD. Of course. I mean, it's understandable. But, yeah, you just keep – yeah, be, I mean, but uh, that definitely shows that it's one of Rob Reiner's lesser-known movies because, yeah. yeah, I could not find a scene anywhere. But people love it. Everyone, like All the reviews are like, oh, I love this movie. It's such a classic. It's like, why, why, why is this not up there with like all the John <laughs> Hughes movies and stuff? I, but, I don't know. I honestly don't know, but all right, so uh, go for it. But no, like I, I was shocked how much I like this movie. I mean, because I, I like romantic comedies. Like you know, if you look at all my lists and stuff, you may not, you may not think that, but I mean, really, it's because I think with a lot of people, there just haven't been really a, a lot of good romantic comedies since the eighties and nineties. Yeah. It's kind of a dead genre, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But but this movie was so like I was telling my sister about it because she loves it. And like the movie, like the the perfect like word I described it as is like sweet and quaint, because yeah, like really this movie. Well, first of all, it's very short. It's like, I don't even think it's ninety minutes. It's like right it's under. It's real short. Yeah, and like and there's like no cast. It is literally no. just John Cusack and Daphne Zaringa or whatever. Zan Zaninga, yeah, something like Zaninga? that. Yeah, um, it's literally them. Like you have a couple brief like a cameo by Tim Robbins. Which is yeah, kind of <laughs> he's great. <laughs> yeah. And then you have like, I mean, you have his friend Lance, who you see at like the beginning and end. Yeah, you got Ant- you got Anthony Edwards, who's great. Yeah, as and well. um, her boyfriend, who you see at the end. But that is it. Like, yeah, really, the much. whole movie is just them together, and and it works perfectly because you you would hear that and go, oh god, because like that's a movie. If your whole movie is about road trip between this couple that slowly falls in love. Yeah. My God, if they don't have chemistry or you don't write that well, that is like a bad Catherine Heigl pulling teeth type mm-hmm. of like awful. I mean, you can picture it now. Just every stupid like Jennifer Lopez or Jennifer Aniston romantic comedy has come out. And you're just like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. But this one is like it's so good because you, you believe both the characters like John Cusack and Daphne are, are really good because they both could be cliches in the hands of a lesser director. Whereas like John Cusack's character could be over the top, like kind of irredeemable, like too horny, too kind of sleazy, too annoying, like too fast paced. But mm-hmm. like he he rides that line perfectly where he is he pathetic. Does. He's pathetic, but he's not he's not like a bad guy or anything. Well, and like, also he knows he's pathetic. That yeah, you're right. And and that's and like he's not a virgin too. They they make a point of of mentioning that it's like because it, I feel like other directors would go all in like oh he's a virgin he just wants to have sex it's like. No, he's had sex before, but he's just been striking out of late. And so, <laughs> like, yeah, he, he so he's desperate, but he's never, like, a sleaze. I mean, he does, like, try to kiss her on the roof that one time right. when they went studying, but because his dumb roommate gave him that awful <laughs> advice, the, the poem to read, the poetry, and it just completely backfires, of course. Right. But I, but but her character even more so, because, like, she's she's not a nerd. No. She's just, very, she's just kind of a prude. She's very, you know... I mean, we all knew that girl in high school who got perfect grades and was like disciplined and, you know, didn't really party and stuff like that. But, but like, again, so she's, she's not a nerd because if they tried like passing her off as like some ugly duckling, it's like, no, no, she's beautiful. Like that's, right. that's ridiculous. So I'm glad that 
again, Rob Reiner is just so good about making real people where I, I just loved her character. I might have loved her character even more because you just really see her start to kind of grow for him. Um, obviously, the the first probably big thing that kind of wins her over to him is, you know, when she gets in the car with that freaking psychopath who almost right. rapes her, which the movie does kind of brush over pretty quickly, the fact yeah. that she was almost raped. But, I mean, of course... <laughs> You know, he comes in and, and you know, he kind of downplays it for humor, acting all crazy. But uh, but yeah, it's, they do such a good job of like leaving these little breadcrumbs of like how you could believe she would start to fall for him. Because in the beginning, it's like, no, God, no, he's he's like stalking her, basically, like begging her, <laughs> annoying her in the car with like the food and everything. And mm-hmm. but uh, now by the end of it, like, oh, my God, I was just rooting for them so good. And like and I love that it, it also didn't go with like the cliche of like he had to have the big scene of of the one person running to the airport to stop the other one and, or, you know, giving their, I love you speech in front of a giant crowd. And it's, it's literally just them in the classroom. Like it, it, you know, you have the road trip, you have the whole, you know, California showdown, and then they just go back to their cl- classroom, you know, kind of back to normal. And then, he, you know, the teacher who I love to uh, just reads his, his letter and like the rest of the class, like just keeps going. And then like, but they fall in love. It's like, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. I love how, Again, quaint it is. You never see that anymore. It, it, no, I totally agree. There, there's so many different turns where they could just go down the cliche roll uh, road, yeah. and they don't. And it just makes this movie feel so unique. And even yeah. though it's just a basic romantic comedy road trip movie, yeah, but it doesn't feel like just another movie because of how complex and how pretty believable these two characters are. Yeah. Um, well, it, it just focuses on their like romance because I feel like other movies would focus on him trying to get to California and, and the kind of unexpected love interest would be underplayed. Like, you know, she'd just be like, I can imagine like Amy Smart being in this in this role from like any movie in the 90s where she was like the friend who was always there. And then he gets to California and it's all leading up. And like by the time he gets to California, like he's he's kind of over that chick. Like that's the yeah, best part. I think. Yeah. Other movies would focus on that. Like. And then at the very last minute, oh, but here's this chick who's always been here. And I, I'm, I'm glad they don't do that. I'm glad that they really show that, like, as they're going along, it's like he's realizing that, no, I, this girl is way, you know, way better than any random chick I could hook up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But the other thing with this movie, as with most of my favorite movies, and especially, because another thing, this is my dad's second favorite movie of all time, behind <laughs> Fletch, which is the first movie I got Uh <laughs> And watch, and you definitely can see a common thread between a lot yeah, of movies yeah. that my dad, me and my dad like. It's the it's the characters that are incredibly witty. Yeah, that that's something that's just so much fun, just 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 for me. And because of that, it makes the quotes in this movie just fantastic. <laughs> I mean, everything else is great about this movie, but just the quotes alone push it over the edge to be even funnier. Just like the scene with. <laughs> They're sitting there, and they like she's left her planner with like all all the money oh, yeah. and everything in the hotel, and they're just sitting on the side of the road. And he's just talking about how hungry he is, and she pulls out a piece of gum. And he's like, "I'm starving," <laughs> and then she just like tears it half and gives him a thing, and then he just keeps they keep talking about something. He's just like, "I swallowed my gum." <laughs> It's so funny. That part, and then probably the best part of the movie is when it's starting 
it's like right after this and it starts to rain i was gonna say yep (laughs) (laughs) and they run to this trailer and it's locked and he's just like great it's locked how important is it that there should be airtight security system in the (laughs) middle of nowhere and then she's just like and then she's just like oh i might have something and she's like i have a credit card and she's like I have a credit card. He's like, <laughs> credit cards, they work on a totally different kind of lock. And she's like, no, no, no. I have a credit card. And he's like, you have a credit card. And then they're just <laughs> like, you have a credit card. And then she's like, oh, my dad told me specifically I can only use it in case of emergencies. And then he's just like, well, maybe one will come up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, I can definitely see the the influence is had on you and your dad because just, like something about his like his cadence just reminded me of how you talk like not not necessarily the lines but like just yeah again that that's that smart you know witty just sarcastic but also you know smart ass banter i'm like that's that's mark coming through here <laughs> yeah it's very apparent how i was raised and what i was raised on yeah <laughs> uh, that that's for sure but oh man it's just uh yeah it, it's a lot of fun and yeah. um i mean this is now yeah this is now one of my favorite 80s classics and again it's like this one just gets looked over you know it's like breakfast club it really does pretty in pink all the other ones is like but now yeah i mean i love i love 16 candles i love mm-hmm. Ferris, you know bueller but this one is yeah some kind of wonderful this one's now right up there yeah and it's another now uh it's like I'm telling you, like, 1985 was just the best year for movies, at least for me. I mean, you got Back to the Future, Real Genius, The Sure Thing, Breakfast Club. I mean, it it was a good year. It was a good year. (laughs) Okay, so that was, uh, that's The Sure Thing. Definitely underrated. If you haven't seen it, definitely go and uh, check that out. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yes. And then, so the last one we have to talk about, a movie which is like Ian with Few Good Men, a movie <laughs> that I just hadn't seen yet, and I know I needed to see, but I just hadn't, just had somehow slipped through and I just hadn't got to it yet, but I, Ian had me watch Leanne the Professional. Oh, and, I'm uh, so excited to hear your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, th- this movie, I was pretty angry watching this movie <laughs> that I hadn't seen this before, um... That I, that I was mad at myself that I hadn't watched it uh, until then. I mean, you talk about a movie that is totally unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah. I've never seen any movie like this. Um, obviously, there's there's elements that are prevalent in movies, but I, I've never seen these type of characters put in mm. these type of situations all like in this way. It was totally different. Like, it almost felt like an art house film, but the one that didn't suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's the whole vibe I got. I was like, wow, this feels like some art film that's just not terrible. Yeah, um, that's a good way of putting it. That they actually make interesting um, instead of just making it boring and dumb for the sake of being boring and dumb and unique. It's like this takes all the elements of an art house film and the uniqueness and all this type type of you know, artistic looking, like the way it was shot and, and the color scheme and everything. The character. Like it almost feels like a for, an art foreign film. That's almost well, what it feels like. Well, it was directed by Luc Besson, who, you know, right. was a big French director before he kind of came over to Hollywood. And, of course, this is a movie that put him on a map, I mean, right. understandably. And, and, unfortunately, he's never been able to to really match anything to this quality. But, yeah, it, it, you're right, because it's not like you can imagine, I don't know, someone like... um. 
like Antoine Fuqua doing this movie, and it'd be yeah. too much of like the cop, just normal. Or you can imagine like some art house director going too overboard and like scenes go on way too long, too little dialogue. Yep. It's the yep. perfect in between. It is. It is. I mean, it's it's like what? It's like two hours long. Yeah, it's like less than two yeah. hours long, yeah. and. Nothing drags on. It's no. the editing is fantastic. The pacing in this movie is great. It yeah. moves and flows so well. But ultimately, and again, there, there's not really a plot in this movie, which is a lot of times a detriment for me personally. Sure. But but not in this because there's enough of one where it doesn't yeah. feel like just nothing's happening. Yeah. And so then they can just kind of have the characters just. And just focus on characters. And that's yeah. really all it is. It's just a focus on really just two characters. And that's, of course, yeah. Leon Matilda. and Matilda. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's just it's just a that's all it is. It's just watching these two characters and how they end up interacting together. And it's it's just it's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, I, I mean, what really sells this movie are, are the performances, obviously. I mean, because the whole relationship between Matilda and Leon is so iconic and special because like weird and weird i mean there's one scene like where he first takes her in and she goes to sleep and he like he walks in there with a gun like ready to kill her but yeah. he's like and he's like i can't do it and then you go from that to you know him playing like dress up with her you know when they're doing the different impersonations or whatever and like <laughs> oh like i mean you just cry like a baby at the end <laughs> you know when you know where he's he's pushing her down the wall to escape it's like oh right it's such a powerful movie. Like that that's a, a good word to describe it, but but yeah. I mean my favorite performance though is hands down Gary friggin' Oldman in this of movie. Of course. He is of so course. good as a villain. He's like just so different. Again, it's like I can imagine another director and he's just like your typical bad, you know, corrupt detective. But like I mean the way he's first introduced, he's like high out of his mind, just doing all these weird like mannerisms and talking about Beethoven as he slaughters a family. Like, oh my God. Yeah. The only thing I was disappointed was he was not in the movie enough. No. Um, that disappointment. And also, I, I, okay. I, I love this character, but I could not get over. I was like, there's no way in hell this guy is working. Like, there's no, no way he like, I was like, there's no way this guy is still a DEA agent. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he, like he shoots like the little, like he shoots the sister in the back. It's like, on what grounds would that be cleared? Like, you know, you can't even be like, oh, no, she pulled a gun on me. It's like, And they nah. even have the scene where he's, like, trying to explain it to the other, like, right. detectives like, or whatever. And I'm like, clearly they don't buy this. What is he still doing here? Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that, I mean, there's there's a little bit of suspension of disbelief with this movie. And again, oh, sure, like, sure, sure. If, again, if they try to play it completely, like, uh, by the books, straightforward cop drama, like, again, you'd be like, what? But again, there's just a perfect little mix of like artistic license where, yeah, like you don't really think about that. But now it's, oh God, I mean, I mean, to me, it almost reminds me in a very, very different way. But as far as that type of uh, suspension of disbelief, it reminds me of like a John Wick or something like that, where really? it's yeah. like you just, yeah. you know, it, it's it's it is it's supposed to be like it's set in these cities that we know York, yeah. and everything, but it's not set in the world we live in. Yeah, it's, that's it's good, just that's not like I just watched John Wick three. Me and my family went to go, see, or me and my dad and brother went to go see that in the Dollar Theater. I was um, gonna say, like, how the hell did you see it? Like, oh, Dollar Theater. Yeah, I hadn't. <laughs> I'd only seen it once on the day it came out, and I hadn't seen it since then. And it's just 
But, it, you know, I mean, there's scenes where he's, like, killing people in the middle of a train station and, like, nobody yeah, pays yeah. any attention. And it's like, yeah. you know, it, it's a different world than yeah. we live in. It's this kind of goofy world just a little bit. And that's kind of, in, in a lesser extent, I kind of got that feeling a little bit in this movie. Oh, sure. Um, with how, like, you know, Leon is able to just go into the the DEA office and just slaughter, like, all the DEA right. agents and just leave. And you're just like... Oh, yeah, okay, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but yeah. it, but you know it all fits together. Like in this yeah. narrative and world and everything, everything fits perfectly together. Oh, um, yeah. and man, it it. I mean, you talk about like this movie borderlines like dark comedy a few times, but it never Something quite there. goes into that. Yeah, I mean, like when he, you know, when she he for she wants him to teach her to be an assassin. Yeah, and they're like up on the roof with. <laughs> with, the, with the rifle and he's like yeah let's figure out someone to shoot i was sitting here and i was like wait what <laughs> and then it ends up well, that, you know well, she's I mean, shooting like, people a... with with paintballs but i was just like right i was like wait a minute we're just gonna start killing people off the street <laughs> well i mean like the one scene where like uh i for, like i forget what he says to her but she just grabs the gun and like fires out the window right and like they're walking down the street and he's like Matilda, if you ever do that again, I will kill you. He's like, do you understand? She's like, yes. He's like, okay. And they just keep walking. Like, <laughs> like, All right, we just got to set the ground rules. <laughs> and the other thing, it took me a couple of minutes to realize he was playing like a mentally disabled person, like a slightly. Yeah, a little bit. Like, yeah, just... but it's like a slightly mentally slow per, uh, character. And, and it kind of took a minute. And I was like, wait a minute. Okay. Well, because it's so subtle. It's, oh, it is. Yeah, it is. because it's not like. And it's done perfectly where, like, you know, it's not like not like the lovable kind of giant, you know, but like it just I don't know. how It's so like I don't know how you describe it, but you're right. There's definitely a little kind of quirk to his character where it kind of explains why basically he's like this killing machine where he's yeah. just been kind of taken in and used as this you know, assassin. And it's like he's never known any type of humanity or love. And then, you know, Matilda comes into his life. So, of course, like and it, so it also makes sense why. He would just be like, okay, you want to learn how to be an assassin? All right, we'll teach you how to kill somebody. It's like a real, a real like person, a real adult would be like, no, 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 we can't teach a child. But right, yeah, he doesn't quite understand. But I mean, oh man, when you get down to like the final showdown at the apartment in the end, where he's just like killing all the SWAT guys <laughs> going in, oh, so cool. Yeah, that is. Oh but yeah, the, that, but that's the best. The, the best thing, though, is, is, I mean, spoilers, obviously. The movie's like 30 years old, but. Spoilers. Yeah, the, We've literally just spoiled every movie we've talked about so far. That's uh, true, but the the, be- <laughs> the best scene is, you know, of course, the end, his, his death, where, you know, freaking Stansfield is just waiting in the back, and that's the worst part, is, like, he almost gets away with it, you think he's going to, because, like, you know, he puts on the, the the costume, and all the cops are like, oh, yeah, let's get him out of here, because yeah. they have no idea, you know, like, oh, he's gonna make it, and he just sees Stansfield pop out of nowhere, just shoot him in the back, but it's, it's that great line of, this is from Matilda. He yeah. just opens the jacket, and it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nothing but grenades. Right. Oh, such a great moment. Yeah, that is a fantastic moment. Um, yeah, and then obviously, I mean, Natalie Portman, her first role. Yeah. And, phew, I mean. Killed it. You can see very early on that she was probably going to do a whole lot of stuff after yeah, okay. uh, after this performance. I know I have seen, I don't know if you've seen it, but I've seen her audition tape for this movie. And that is wild. I don't. I don't know if you've seen that, but it is. It's insane watching her her audition tape for this as you know, like a twelve year old girl or however old yeah. she was at the time. 
and it is it's it's intense um the only other one i can think of that's kind of was on that line is uh you saw the audition tape from daisy ridley for ray right no that went around um after force awakens came out and that was just fantastic because it's the scene where kylo ren is like interrogating her um in the chair Oh, yeah. Like with the four, like that's the scene that she's doing, and she's just doing it like herself, mm-hmm. like with just with a camera there, and it's it's insane the intensity and everything she's able to to conjure for that, and it's very similar with Natalie Portman's audition tape for this. It's not like with someone else, or it's just her being like filmed somewhere and just doing this that character, and it's 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 intense and it's nuts. Yeah, the idea of a twelve-year-old kid being able to like understand a scene like that, understand the emotion, and then like perform it is is crazy. It's like it just shows you that not everybody can do this. But um, but now you see exactly what I mean. Where I'm so sick of all the movies lately that are trying to basically copy this kind of storyline. Yeah. Of the 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 kind of guardian, unexpected guardian, you know, anti-hero assassin becoming the father figure, and is you know, it's Last of Us, it's Logan. It's Deadpool 2, it's Titan season one. Like I'm so done because like this and Logan did it perfectly. Just yep. nobody else try it. Like stop. I agree. I know I totally agree. Um I'm <laughs> definitely in that same boat. Um we also gotta talk about how creepy and uncomfortable this movie is. Yeah, there there are a few moments. There's a lot of moments. And it was just <laughs> like oh, oh okay, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel during this scene. I'm well, not- is- well, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of what suggested that Matilda kind of has a crush on Leon. Which... It's not suggested. It's impl- It's uh, very implicitly stated. Yeah, and I guess you couldn't call it a crush. Multiple I mean, crush times. Is like, crush is like a little girl like, oh, I like you. And this is like, I mean, she was like almost attracted to Leon. Like, it, it's, right. it's, it's unsettling, but. It is. <laughs> Um, I but but I mean I, I mean I get it because that's the whole point of her yeah. character having to gr- having grown up way too quickly, and, and girls mature faster than boys anyway. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's definitely a, an instance where she has gone through more than any other kid has gone through, God, and yeah. because of that, she's basically had to grow up herself already, and that you know manifests itself in a whole bunch of different ways, and that's just one of them. But at the same time, she's still not grown up enough to really know how to handle anything. You're right. Yeah. So it's it's a great character. It's a great character arc and and yeah. uh, moments and stuff. But man, watching the movie, you're just like, I don't think this should be allowed. <laughs> and, and again, like that, that, that may be the the Frenchman and Luc Besson is especially like, this director, day and age. Yeah, yeah. Like if any other director had done that, it could have been really catastrophic. Yeah, yeah. It uh. It it definitely could have been, um, but I mean it never quite it never quite goes too far. But I mean there's like Damn. a scene where they're just like at the restaurant. She's just drinking champagne. Oh yeah, and it's just like and everyone's just walking around like it's fine. And it's just like I I what? <laughs> well, well, I mean like as you point out, they're both kind of these emotionally stunted and like you know de- you know underdeveloped like adults really. It's, well, it's like, like you know one, him... one is an overdeveloped child and exactly. another is an underdeveloped adult. Yeah. And so they're so, almost yeah. at the same emotional level as the other one, which is right. insane and so well done. It is, yeah. And that that adds to the whole just relationship between the two characters how they're basically close to the same person. 
but totally yeah. different ages. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, that, it, that it's what helps. makes their relationship so unique and, and why it's so timeless. I mean, and why this movie is so highly acclaimed as it is. The other thing I got to talk about is just how funny this movie was. I did not <laughs> expect this movie to be that funny. I, I yeah. laughed out loud at least five or six times. Um, See, I, need, I need to go. This is making me want to rewatch it because I haven't seen it in at least a couple of years. So I need to like just I, I, I don't know what I don't know what the funniest thing. It, every single thing I'm laughing at is is Jean Reno. Um, yeah, of course. But like like you were saying, we mentioned earlier when she like wants to play a game, like stop training and play a game. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so she's dressing up in all these different outfits, which must've taken forever. And he must've just oh, been yeah. sitting there forever while she got yeah, each you, one of them. You ready. definitely see that happening. But, I mean, it's a movie. Um, but, uh, you know, and she's dressed up like as Madonna exactly. and everything. And, and he doesn't know any of them until Gene Kelly and <laughs> seen in the rain <laughs> because he's a huge yeah. Gene Kelly fan, which is funny. Um, yeah, that's a great scene. Uh, which he gets, I mean, he gets, but anyway, so that was, that was great. But then he, she's like, all right, your turn. His face is one of the best moments in that movie. When she says <laughs> your turn, like the look on his face is priceless. Yeah. And then, and then he, he does John Wayne, John Wayne, and she doesn't know who he is. But then, and like, then he's so crushed. Like he feels like he did it badly. It's not like that. Yeah. She wouldn't know who this was. He thinks like, Oh, I stink at this game. And that but, but was then, so funny. But then she feels terrible. It's like, I was just about to guess that. Like, it was so good. Like, <laughs> and he uh. just like skulks away. <laughs> oh, that made me laugh yeah. so hard. Cause it's like, he, he thinks he, did it wrong and that's uh that was that was very funny oh, yeah. um no yeah there were so many so many funny moments with this movie that i did not expect and that made him even funnier just because of how <laughs> how i didn't expect the movie to really have that much humor in it yeah um but yeah i don't know what else i can say about this movie it was great and uh real mad i hadn't watched it before now but i did i did now and so so it's all good yeah, I'm sure you will watch it again, as I will. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. And then that, that got me, I was like, man, I need to watch some more Natalie Portman movies. <laughs> so I started doing that. I, uh, of course, most of them that I haven't seen are not movies that I necessarily enjoy. Yeah, I was and there's a reason that. I haven't seen these, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I watched Song to Song. That movie sucked. Don't, yeah. Don't watch that. Um, I, I saw a trailer. I was like, this is a good cast, and then all the yep. reviews were terrible. No, it was not good. It mm. was... Uh, when Natalie Portman's on screen, it's pretty good. When Val Kilmer's on screen, it's the best movie oh, ever. Yeah, I know, right? That's why I watched Damn. it. Because it's the only movie where Val Kilmer and Natalie Portman are in the same movie. And, yeah. it, and if uh, either of them are not on the screen, it sucks. It's horrible. Yeah, um, yeah Val Kilmer's it? in it for 30 seconds. Doesn't even have a line. He plays like the lead singer of a band that's briefly shown. And then he gets arrested, I think. And it's pretty funny. But uh, uh, yeah, Natalie Portman's good in the movie. But Michael Fassbender is just boring. Yeah, he he needs to do better about like what roles he picks. Like, Ryan Gosling is boring. He can't. Whoever be the random other main girl is is terrible. Mara, I think. They're all terrible, and it's just yeah. so boring. It's so boring. That, that who directed just, it? Oh, what's his name? Uh, it's shoot, like Malik. Terrence Malik. Yeah. There Terrence you go. Malick. Yeah, Terrence Malik. Oh. I, I just can't get into his films. I, no. I know people love them. I like the New World, the Pocahontas one, but that's about it. And even then, I'm like, 
like right, some right. like the some of the shots look good. Oh, like, they're they're gorgeous. Yeah, films. there's there's a bunch of pretty shots, but that's all it is. It's basically like you're watching live action photography. Yeah, if if you ever watch the Tree of Life after watching the Tree of Life, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah. Maybe. So I I I watched it and it's uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The the th- there's three that I haven't seen that I do really want to see in Natalie Portman movies. I still haven't seen Black Swan, which everyone oh, yeah. loves. Still haven't one. seen Closer, which everyone loves too. I haven't seen that one either. Cause that's Clive Owen. Yeah, I was gonna say. And then I haven't seen Brothers, which is another, another oh, one that's apparently God. pretty Man, good. Brothers. So that does have Tobey Maguire and Jake Gyllenhaal. So right, yeah. uh, those are three that I haven't seen. But anyway, um, but yeah, so Leon the Professional, watch that one. So that was that was amazing. Fun. So uh, we'll uh, the next episode we do. We'll probably be us watching Spider-Man 3, I think. Um, I think so, yeah. Uh, and we might even be able to do that in person. So that would be... Yeah. That would be a lot of fun because Ian's going to be coming into town next weekend. So that'll be... Or, or wait, no, this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I'll be there for a week. But yeah, starting this weekend, yeah. Yeah, so that, that'll that be fun. So yeah. uh, I think that's going to be our next one. Well, uh, the next ones we'll have will be watching Spider-Man 3 and Hush at some point. So... Uh, but I kind of like peppering in just movie swap movies like this, too, because it's fun just talking about these. I thought about just maybe doing a whole separate podcast just called Movie Swap of us talking <laughs> about movies, but I don't care. We can just fit it in with these. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, that might be kind of fun, almost maybe even having two episodes a week, one where we watch a movie and then one where we just talk about other movies that we've watched. But, anyway, we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll see. Um, so I guess we should go ahead and pick a uh, – our, Our next, next movie swap movies. Yeah, I've been looking at mine. I've been I know. Trying I'm to... trying to figure out which one I want. I want to get you to see because I, I got kind I... of a handful on kind of my top ten that I want to pick for you to watch. I do too. And uh, I'm not quite sure. So let's see. Damn. All right. I think I'm gonna because most I've done mostly comedies so far, except for a few Good Men. Mm-hmm. So I think I think I'm gonna change it up a little bit. So all right, I I want you to watch. Primal Fear. Primal Fear. It's the best Edward Norton movie. Oh yeah, okay. Um, yeah. it's fantastic. It's another very underrated movie. Yeah. Uh, that not nearly enough people know. It's Richard Gere. Um, he's the, he's the main guy, and then Edward Norton. And this is this is one of Edward Norton's first roles because this is from like 1996. He's still like a kid, mm. and he's fantastic. He is fantastic. This has one of I wouldn't I don't want to go as far as saying oh one of the best twists ever because that's mm-hmm. that's a little much. Yeah. But it has a fantastic twist at the end of this movie. Um, just on top of it, it's one of those things where it's like the movie is good regardless, but then the twist makes it even better. So it's like the perfect way how to have like a good twist. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, like, like you know, I'm trying to think of movies like that. I don't know, like uh, The Sixth Sense and stuff like that, sure. where the movie's great, and then the twist just makes it even better. Uh, yeah, Usual and, Suspects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not a huge Richard Gere fan. I sure. just haven't seen a ton. Of, I just don't watch a ton of his movies because he's mostly, like, romantic movies and stuff oh, like that. Oh, yeah. But he's great in this movie. Um, and so, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of a court... It's not. It's kind of a courtroom movie again shoot that's fine i don't hey i don't care i keep i keep telling you to watch the same types of movies no um but but it's not exact like it's not it's more of a psychological movie than anything else 
Basically, mm-hmm. a guy Edward Norton is arrested for a murder, or maybe yeah, for the murder for like a mur- the murder of a priest, mm-hmm. and then it's now Richard Gere is like his defense attorney, and that's that's the plot, and then it just ensues and it's great. All right, um, what year did it come out? Ninety six. Okay, that's what I thought. So hopefully this isn't like the third one in a row that you can't rent from no, anywhere. No, I'm so. sure it won't be now. So we'll, uh, you know, people, we'll yeah, see. people know about that movie. All right. But anyway, well, so that's what you're going to watch. Primal Fear. Very cool. So, I, God, I'm still kind of torn about what I want you to watch. I've got, tough. I've got so many. I guess it doesn't matter to me because eventually I'll have you, I'll have you see them all. But right. I think I want to go with something. I want to go with something more recent. Okay. Okay. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. That's most of your, uh, most of your ones anyway. Yeah. I think. Because I did now, let's see, I'm going to have you watch a movie that I really love. It's called Seven Psychopaths. Seven Psychopaths. Yeah, it's by Martin McDonough. He did uh, In Bruges and uh, Three Billboards in Ebby, Missouri. This was his second movie. And it's actually my favorite of his. It's, it's a dark comedy, kind of like Gross Point Blank, but even more probably dark and more comedic. But uh, it's got Colin Farrell, Sam Rockwell, uh, Christopher Walken, Woody Harrelson. It's a pretty uh, it's solid just, cast right there. It's a really good cast, but uh, it's really funny. It's 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 kind of hard to explain. It's it's kind of a meta comedy, but it's it's about this screenwriter, uh, Colin Farrell, who's got this friend Sam Rockwell who kidnaps dogs and then. <laughs> returns them to the owners to get the reward <laughs> <laughs> and uh they accidentally steal the dog of woody harrelson who's a psych- uh, psychopath like mafia guy <laughs> and it's it's just really weird and funny but i i like it a lot so i i think you'll like it too okay okay fair enough fair enough so all right so uh ian is going to watch primal fear, fear. and then i'm gonna watch seven psychopaths which both movies now seem to be about uh, crime and psychopath. So if that says okay. anything about us, well, no. maybe it does. Who knows? <laughs> Don't read into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that'll be, uh, so that'll be oh, fun. Cool. Yeah, definitely. So we'll talk about that, um, on our next episode. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. We're able to fill like an hour, uh, over an hour, just us nice. talking about movies. So, yeah, that's pretty fun. So uh, let right. us know if you like this other type of uh, podcast episode where we're just talking about movies instead of just watching a movie or necessarily preparing much about movies. We're literally just just talking about movies that we've watched. So if you enjoy that, let us know. Uh, maybe we'll do more of that. Uh, you can follow us at Uncaped Review. Um, that's where you can tweet us if you like it or don't like it or whatever. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Markbrand. You can follow me at Ian Barkbark. So do that as well. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, that's a good place to do it. And um, that's all I got. I got nothing else. I got nothing else either. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for this episode <laughs> of Movie Swap on the Uncaped Crusaders Review. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Mark. I'm Ian. Have a great week. Bye.